following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another episode of the panel discussion, your home for comic book and pop culture talk every single week right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson. One of your hosts alongside me is the one, the only, the Schmitty. Schmitty's here. Had a good week. That's good. Um, have a little amusing anecdote. So Sunday night, didn't have to work Monday morning. Stressful weekend, you know, putting up the Christmas decorations, finding spots for everything. Oh, it's hard. So I, I reward myself with a couple of beverages, cocktails, if you will. Did you know? One after the other. Went down nice and smooth. Probably had a little too, too much, you know, but uh, woke up the next morning, felt a little guilty. So I hit the gym hard. I did leg day. Punished myself for indulging in alcohol and some... When you drink alcohol, you tend to make poor... Dietary choices as well. Always. Always. So buffalo pretzels. Buffalo spicy pretzels were delicious. So uh, hit the gym hard. Leg day. Hit it good. Then we were in for a nasty storm Monday oh, here in Buffalo. Wonderful. I'm sure if you watched the football game, it was a terrible, terrible day. I loved it. Um, I loved so it. I wanted to get ahead of it. Still feeling guilty. Decided to go for a jog. It wasn't too bad. Got like mile out. And then hit the brick wall. Literally, like, the wind was just blowing me backwards. (laughs) And, of course, I'm running into it for, like, a good mile stretch to get to where I got to go to get back home. And I'm under the clock because I got to be showered and pick up my youngest daughter at 2 o'clock from school. Oh, no. So I'm crunch time. I got to get it done. So I do. And I pull up to the school to get my youngest. And what do you think happens? What do you think happens to good old Schmitty? A little dehydration from the alcohol. Good, solid leg workout. You threw up, didn't you? Good, solid jog through the wind. No, worse. Go to get out of my car, and my hamstrings just cramp like a motherfucker. Like, agonizing pain. Could not extend my leg to give myself any any um, relief. I literally had to push on my quads to lock my knees out and bend over. Now, this, mind you, is happening in the middle of the street in front of a preschool where other parents are there to pick up their children, and you're not allowed to go into the school. You just walk up to the door. So the teacher's standing in there watching me. Just every time I, I try, try to take, like, a couple steps, and they would just seize up again. So I'm, like, pushing on them, just doubled over in pain in the middle of the fucking street. And I had to finally get, gain my bearings, and it took me, like, Five minutes to walk maybe a hundred feet. And I was wow. walking like Frankenstein's monster, like straight leg, heels, arms out to kind of counterbalance. Teachers looking at me like, what the fuck? Did he just go to happy hour early? <laughs> what is this guy's problem? So I walk up there. The teacher's watching me the whole time. I get there. She's like, are you okay? And I go, 
I, I, I'm dehydrated and my, my hamstrings have cramped up. So uh, I'm in a lot of pain. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like she had absolutely no frame of reference. Like if you've never had a hamstring cramp before, they are awful. It's tough. They are Calf cramps awful. are really bad too. Yes. So luckily I just sat in the car and stretched for like as best I could for a good 20 minutes because I didn't want to start the car up, start driving, then have it happen mid Mid drive, right? So, yeah, that was my uh, that was my Monday. Totally paid the price for indulging. That's 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 what you get for being a superstar. That's what I get. That's what you get. Everything comes f- full circle. Full circle, indeed, man. So, yeah, that's what you get. Say, well, and also for you, Mister Shit Pants. Hello. Yeah, I uh, I felt your pain all last week because my children were violently ill and throwing up, and puking, all over the bathroom. My youngest shit herself all over the bathroom. Of course, my wife was indisposed, so good husband. I picked up three times I had to deep clean the bathroom from vomit. And the one time, my oldest, she puked all over the floor. So I'm like, honey, it's okay. I know. You you didn't mean to do it. Just next time, try to hit the toilet, would you? Okay? Please do daddy a favor. So I'm sitting there scrubbing up this puke. The next time she goes to throw up, she overshoots the toilet, so she vomits behind the fucking toilet. So I'm on my hands and knees trying to get behind all those nooks and crannies and crevices of the fucking toilet to get the puke. And then I also had to clean it once because my middle daughter, she pooped all over the bathroom. There was poop on the walls. Just savage. Just monsters. So Sounds they like were you had Ill. a shitty day, it, see? <laughs> I see what you did there. So yeah, it was uh, it was quite the week. And then, um, of course, cleaning all that up, I then got sick. But I didn't throw up, but I had very loose stool for, for quite a few days where I, I took my advice and I, you can't trust a fart. So if I had to fart, I had to make sure that I went to the bathroom and let it go over the toilet so I not uh, shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I was successful. I did not shit my pants, Stooley Steve. Welcome to another day of my life, say. Yeah, I feel your pain. I felt your pain. Yeah, it hurts, say. Yeah, I, I would imagine. It's just loose and, whew. I tried to eat some corn to give myself some fiber, kind of pull everything back together, and just little corn dribblets came out. That was it, just corn. It was like I was just pooping nothing but corn. I had a friend do that once. He ate corn, nothing but corn for a week to see if just he would just poop corn. It didn't work. I'm on a high corn diet, say. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you cob it? You pop it? Stop it. Stop it now. You eat it in those like microwavable bags, the, the steamers? Stop asking questions, say. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Choke on that. Oh, so yeah, it was a week. Steve, that stinks, man. That's a, that's uh Why would you ask Well, what the fuck is wrong? I keep with you? forgetting that he gets in con- or he gets uh You flatulated. sure you seemed awfully poised to ask him. Questions. I did. I had questions that I wanted answers to, not flatulence. Steve, are you okay? I gotta go wipe. I'll be back. Meh. Yes. <laughs> go oh. wipe. Go wipe yourself with your baby wipes. Control a baby. <laughs> cucumber scented ones. Yes. Mm. I heard a funny joke about cucumber wipes. Uh gentleman says, I uh went to CVS to get some baby wipes and I cashed out and the the cashier says, Hmm, yes, well, you know we have cucumber scented baby wipes and she says, Thank you very much. I've just been wiping and then shoving a cucumber up my ass. <laughs> You've saved me quite a bit of discomfort. <laughs> Ravishing good joke. That's pretty good. That would be <laughs> that would be painful. 
That's quite the amusing anecdote there, Baron. Yes, mm-hmm. made me chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Baron, you never cease to amaze me, my friend. That was a good one. That was a pretty yeah. good one. <laughs> I like how it's CVS. Why does it have to be CVS? Why it, nobody goes to CVS. That's why it's funnier to me. <laughs> it's like, if it was Walgreens, it'd be like, you can't do that in Walgreens. But I feel like bets are off at CVS. Like, nobody, nobody shops at CVS on the regular. Degenerates go to CVS. Degenerates and, and people getting adult diapers. <laughs> CVS is the Walmart of, of health health and wellness stores. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible pharmacy. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, So we've got uh, plenty to talk about today. Of course, we're going to- Not just shit and fart jokes. No, no. We're we're, <laughs> we're a lot more evolved than that. Yeah, yeah. We got, we're got depth. We got depth. We've yeah. come a long way. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye, see, uh, episode three. Yeah, it was great. Dropped. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of humor, and uh, and really nice. Those to, arrows, the trick arrow scene was awesome. That, that car was chase, so well. How the hell did I miss it? The freaking hideout was a KB Toys. I totally oh, missed that in the second episode. That was awesome to see. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they're, they're literally in a KB Toys. That's amazing. <laughs> what? A, it was a nice throwback. Yeah. I definitely appreciate it. As, as somebody who frequented KB Toys back in the day. Oh, terribly the Park, overpriced. So overpriced. Oh, they were awful. But it was nice. It was KB, uh, the Sun Park Mall KB, yep. and then Toys R Us right next to it. So mm-hmm. that was always a nice little treat. But um, but but yeah, it was a you know it was just a uh, the action. It was probably one of the better Hawkeye action sequences. Oh, I've for seen. sure, for sure. Um. Yeah, the trick arrows were, were really neat to get to see a whole lot of uh, whole lot of stuff. I didn't care for what is that the goo thing? That was weird. It reminded me of the blob. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that one was weird. And then like the 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 one with the Christmas trees, like it was like a yeah. you hit and it's like it spread everywhere and just grabbed all the Christmas trees and brought them. Um, but yeah, like that. The, obviously, the Ant Man arrow was just amazing. That was such oh, a the cool Pym little, Tech yeah, one. Yeah, that one was so cool. That was really neat. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned humor, like it was so great. Like the first arrow she throws is just like the suction cup one. <laughs> I said, "What the hell is that's worthless?" And then it's hilarious to see it pay off at the end, where he gets the suction cup arrow back, and that's what he uses to basically save their hides. Right. Uh, so it was nice to see that kind of pay off. You go, oh, that I see why you have that one now. Yeah, it was a pretty intense scene. Um, it reminded me like just the fluidity of it. It reminded me of that scene from the first dare- season of Daredevil where he's fighting in the hallway against yes. all the goons. Where it's just like it's, it's not. It seems like it's just one continual take. Um, so that car chasing was awesome. It was really neat. I do got to say, I was because I'm not like I haven't read the, the the source material for this before. I have it, but I haven't read it. But it was cool to see that Hawkeye was still pretty dangerous even when he couldn't hear. Because I figured yeah. that might have thrown off maybe his equilibrium a little. The deaf part might have thrown out his, off his abilities a little bit. But um, he was still pretty accurate. Yeah. In the, like, it didn't really slow him down, of course, having the hearing aid helps. But, um, but yeah, I was like, oh, shoot, is he going to go deaf for the rest of the, the, the season because she cut it out? Or they, they I mean, he it pretty out? much is deaf. He is. Yeah. Like, because... Yeah. When he when he doesn't have it, like he can't hear. Anything. He can't hear anything. Yeah. I, I like that the, she was like talking to him the whole time. Oh yeah, like, oh, we're communicating. Yeah. He's just like he's just looking at yeah. her. No, it was uh, it was it was it was pretty neat. We got a little uh, we got a little kingpin teaser you think in so? this too. If they're going by source material, I I, I suit, understand that, but you think it's something else? You think it's I don't know. I uh, ever since the Ralph Boner incident. Well, Feige did say that Charlie Cox is going to be the Daredevil. No, not necessarily. He, he, no, he did. He, well, he said 
Charlie Cox would be the MCU's Daredevil. He didn't say will be. He said would, would be. be. But and then it's weird because Vincent D'Onofrio goes off on this tweet, this Twitter spree, congratulating all them and stuff. I I feel like. I mean, do you, who do you think it could be? I'm wondering if the uncle, right, is Kate Bishop's father. Mm. Okay. I learned from Squid Game. I don't know if you saw Squid Game. No, I don't. I don't. So, I, don't I don't jump on the bandwagon. It was actually pretty good. Was I, it? I, yeah, it was. It was a nice, easy watch. Okay. Um, but we don't see him die. Maybe he faked his own death to collect the insurance money because their solutions don't fall out of the sky. Right. And when he's set, when they're, they're obviously in money problems. And then the next time you see them, obviously there's been a time jump, but she's clearly successful. So did they use that opportunity to fake his death? We don't see his body in the casket. We just I see the picture. I thought the mom, my, my impression right now is that the mom killed him. It could go that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's just, I, I, I'm not 100% on the Kingpin bandwagon. Do I want it to be Kingpin? Oh, f- yeah, for sure. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio was amazing. And he, and Daredevil. Um, it and does he, seem like a very twisty Marvel twist if they do it that way. Because they did make it, you know, they bit the, the introduction the, of the, the dad. And actually just, you know, you want to just, right? You want to just hire an actor for that little bit, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it, but you you could be right. Or perhaps he's, you know, he he's in charge of the whole criminal. And and, and the one scene where um, Kate Bishop's mother is talking to the older gentleman that was killed. If you put on the closed caption, it actually you can read what they're saying, even though you can't audibly hear it because it's such a whisper. And if you read the the subtitles, he's saying, "I know what I saw." Right. And he goes, "I know that." Uh, I should have figured your empire was built on lies, and I he, and he's you know. So did he see her husband, hmm. who's supposed to be dead? Right. You know. I, I don't know. I hope it's not that, but I'm just I'm I'm trying to. I guess now I feel like Kingpin is too obvious. Yeah. I don't know. And now like, I'm starting. Now, now you, you like you're you're swaying I, me that like it just seems too obvious. Right. Like even when you know he he pinches um, Echo's cheek when she's a child. He's got the cufflinks, and the cufflinks in the Daredevil show is a big thing. He huge had, thing. like he added those cufflinks. Yeah, the because, huge collection of yes. it, right? So it's like uh, that's too, that's almost too on the nose. You know, they're right. they're hinting at it too obviously and and not very subtly. Well, do you think? I mean, do you think a whole lot of people recognize that though? Aside, from, I mean, the diehards probably do, but ca- for casuals, it might come off surprising. For casuals, no, but right. for I don't I don't feel like there's a lot of casual people watching these. Disney. I, I don't think there are casual Marvel fans, MCU fans. I feel like you're all or nothing. With with, uh, vi- I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of people who just go to see the movies. Okay. So the Disney Plus take, I can understand on it. I can understand that that point of view. But for the movies, I know plenty of people who just go to see the movies because they look and sound cool. Yeah. So, but for but I as wonder, far like, as Disney Plus, the show, uh, I can understand that. that and take. I'm wondering too if like. With all the interconnective webs of all these movies and shows, are people gonna go to these movies? Like, say, if somebody just went to go see Shang Chi, right? And they're they they they're just going to see that. Like, are they missing? Like, when Wong pops up, like, okay, who's this guy? It's like you don't know who he is, just in the context of the Shang Chi movie. Right. But 
like they're almost I'm I'm wondering if they're going to alienate casual fans because if you don't see every single thing you're going to be left in the dark well, on a lot of things. Well, that's what I things. was worried about with multiverse is the yeah. eliminating of casual fans who can't follow and don't understand the concept of multiverse. Yeah. You do alienate those and then you start to become limited and as far as viewership goes and eventually your 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 property kind of tanks a little bit. But um yeah, I I don't know. The way you say it, though, it does. It would make sense. It wouldn't surprise you if Marvel is like, "Aha, gotcha." It's not. Yeah, King like Pen. I said, it's like, ev- ev- like you're not the only one who's who's like suspicious with the whole Ralph Boner thing. Yeah, like that was blatant. Like, hey, it's the Quicksilver from the other movies. Remember? Yeah, remember that stuff. And then it's like, we uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. That's going to come out soon, right? Everybody's like, oh, that's got to be just Quicksilver from the other. That's awesome. Nope, just Ralph Boner. Boner. It was very forgettable. Yeah. Now that I, now that I look back, I remember that at the end of it, I was like, "Whoa!" And then now I'm just like, mm. "Yeah." Like there was a huge surge in like, just what could this be? This is awesome. Right. And then it was just such a like a wah wah. Like nope. Yeah. It's not It's not Quicksilver from the other universe. No. Well, that, I mean, the multiverse hadn't been opened up at that point yet. But do you think like? But then why even do that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. To tease, I, yeah, I did, just, it didn't like it, but, um, but yeah, the the episode ended with uh, a little a little encounter with the the swordsman, yep. Kate Bishop's uh, soon to be father in law, mm-hmm. or no stepfather, excuse yes. me, stepfather. Uh, they're inside his apartment, Kate Bishop and and and, uh, and Hawkeye investigating, looking up some people, some names, trying to look up uh, who that uh, who the guy was with Echo, I yeah. believe. And uh, it ends with uh, yeah, swordsman holding up the uh, the Ronin sword yeah. to Hawkeye's throat, and that's how the episode ended. Now, um, how like how cool was just the introduction of the Echo character? Like she's awesome. That's a cool I think. She, I, th- oh, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's 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 really neat. The other the other question I have for you: Do you think that was Clint as Ronin who killed her father? No, I think it's the swordsman. I think so too. I think that's why he wants that sword because I feel like he was the Ronin before Hawkeye was. I think the Ronin like has been a couple things over the years, right? Um, and I think Hawkeye well knew that there's already been this Ronin, so we can get away with it. Yeah, and he's got the 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 means to acquire the armor. From I like the that theory. Also, we don't know how far in advance this is past. Well, no, he wouldn't be auctioning for it, would he? I'm just trying to think because I—I mean, we don't know how far after Endgame this is, right? No, we yeah. don't have a date and time. There's a lot of time in between that, you know, that Hawkeye dropping the Ronin gimmick, yeah, and where they could be now. But I don't know. There, it, it definitely is a lot of mystery. I, I like the idea of the swordsman possibly that well, version. Well, in the in the, the comics, he was the swordsman was the Ronin, and um, and. Also, Echo takes up the Ronin. She does eventually, well, yeah. right? So, so I like the idea of other people being this. This no, I do too. I could tell vigilante. it was. I, I could tell instantly it wasn't Clint. Like, yeah. They didn't something well based on the body type. Yeah, but just looking at it, it actually seemed very like a feminine body. At okay, that I'd have I to mean, watch the scene again. I have, that's what I got. Maybe from it's first even glance. maybe it's even uh, Kate's mom. That's entirely possible. Yeah, that so. would not surprise me. It, it, that's that's what it appeared like to me. Yeah, and that's that was just first glance eye test sort of thing. So interesting web they're weaving, I must say. Yeah, 
hey, people are hooked, man. People are, you know, they're really liking this show. I was just talking to a couple people at work about it who I've never talked superhero stuff with, and they're like, man, this Hawkeye show is great. Yeah, out of all the Disney Plus shows, I like this one the best so far. Do you? Yeah. Okay. By far. I I think when it's all said and done, I it'll be up there. It's so hard, though, because I think they've all really hit. They've all really hit. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier is my favorite one. So yeah, that's my second. Thus far? Yeah, and then I'd probably go WandaVision. I feel like WandaVision was the show that was affected by the pandemic the most as far as, like, reshoots and right. being cut short. Like, nine episodes. Who does nine? Like, yeah, like, it was a lot. Yeah. They were hour, hour long, too. No, they were some, some were, like, half. Oh, that's true. They did mix up. So. But, um. But but yeah, Hawkeyes. You know, they're just getting better. You can just tell they're getting better. They're learning. From, I don't know. I wouldn't say learning from mistakes, but um, they're they're progressively getting yeah better made. Yeah. So, um, but I, I'm loving this Disney Plus show concept. I think it's doing well. It's giving these side characters their their own time to shine, essentially. So, um, but it yeah. feels nice just to have a different kind of speed in the Marvel, on and like in the Marvel MCU, like. Usually the movies are a sprint, where with these shows you feel like you can develop characters a little bit more uh, organic. I actually, I think we had this conversation last year, right around the time that WandaVision came out. So it was it was earlier this year. I kind of really prefer the Netflix style of storytelling versus movies. These yeah. days, and I know they're never going to go away from the movies because they're big money things, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're huge money. Makers, but I, I mean, I would not hate if a lot of stories just these stories just turn into the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. I, I really would not be like upset about that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know that'll never be the case. No, but um, but I really prefer the um, the the, the pacing to mm-hmm. these Disney Plus shows. It it, it, it it drags it out. The pacing is good. Um, I feel like I can learn and understand the characters, but like. The Eternals, right? Yeah. The Eternals. I feel like I maybe would have appreciated the Eternals more if it was a Disney Plus show. Yeah, Not, you know what I mean. Well, because you get to you get all the subtle moments with these characters that fleshes them out a lot more than you would in a movie. Correct. Just because time's sake. So no, absolutely. I mean, even like, and I know obviously this is like a way out there th- thing, but like, man, how cool would Endgame have been if they did like a Netflix series? Like, oh. Or not like Netflix, but Disney Plus. You break it up into hour little bunches. You spread yeah. out the story. Everybody gets a chat. Every like, grouping gets a chapter, and then boom, the final battle. That's yeah. the whole episode. And like, how crazy would that been? So, um, but yeah, that's kind of where my head's at with yeah. with all this stuff. But yeah, good, good so far with Hawkeye. I'm excited to see what they drop. And yeah, tomorrow. Well, time of recording. Tomorrow is the next episode. So, um, I am very much looking forward to it. It did say that uh, the one producer said that episode five may break twitter episode five yes okay so next week's Mm -hmm. so we shall see we shall see we shall see yeah right i think we talked about last week somebody said that episode four would have the kingpin and then somebody would not or then somebody yeah they kind of gone back and forth i i don't know but man i'm ready yeah i'm so ready I, i need it Get a lot of Marvel stuff this month. I mean, Spider Man comes out next week. That's nuts. Did we talk about the the, the scammers? Uh, the 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 uh, the ticket? Yeah, people just trying to sell tickets for ridiculous price. prices. Like, yeah. who's paying that? Just wait. I 
<laughs> I got. I want to try and see because I'm leaving for Indianapolis next Friday. I want to see it. I want to try and find you know try and see it Thursday night. But I, I got to look up tickets and see where they're at and see where my wife stands on it because she has to go to work early. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So there's Hawkeye. Uh, what else we got in the news this week? Uh, we got. Um, I uh, went on a. You brought up Netflix way of storytelling. I went on a binge with Netflix. Uh, I watched Cowboy Bebop. Heard a lot of good things about it. I liked it a lot. Um, I have no familiarity with the anime, but I was actually the opposite. I was hearing a lot of bad stuff. I was hearing nothing but bad stuff. <laughs> That's good. That's really good that you heard some, you know, that you but, liked it. But it seems like if if you're familiar with the anime, you a lot of those people don't like the the show on Netflix. Apparently it strays from it a little bit. I don't know. I was going to watch the anime because I did like the show that much. Uh it's enjoyable. Each episode's kind of its own self-contained thing. There is an overarching story for the season. Um but the thing I like the most about it is being a big sci-fi fan. Like you see this common themes and tropes and ideas and technology they kind of repeat themselves through right. a lot of different things of sci-fi this felt very different and new like okay. it felt like a kind of science fiction i i haven't seen before okay i do a great job of not like over explaining things like things just kind of play out naturally and you kind of figure things out for yourself uh the characters are great the three main leads are all really, really likable and relatable and fun to watch. They have good banter between them, good chemistry. I would highly recommend watching it. Um, it reminded me of, you ever see like The Fifth Element? Yes, yes. It reminded me kind of like that. Like oh. that kind of lived-in universe, a little quirky, but still serious. Liked it a lot. Uh, and then Camp Cretaceous Season 4 came out. Uh, I did watch that. Big Jurassic Park fan, um, Jurassic World fan. Season four was my least favorite of the series so far. Now, do they? Uh, we probably had this conversation before, but do they drop everything at once. Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. They do. Um, so it was like it was ten episodes. Definitely, I think it was ten, maybe eleven. Um, but I do give them credit because they went in a very different direction that we've seen in any Jurassic Park before. Like, they they come up on an island, and it's not one of the islands that we've already been established with, and it's this evil company that has these different biomes with different... Like, there's a swamp biome, there's an Arctic biome, desert, jungle. So you see a lot of different kind of environments that we normally don't see in Jurassic Park. Um, And then they're, like, trying to get the dinosaurs to be controlled through communication or uh, implanted chips, things like that. Um, the inhibitor chips go in the Star Wars realm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just like the droids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're straining Exe- bolts. <laughs> Execute Order 66. Yes. <laughs> but um, so that came out uh, as well as a still image for Jurassic Park Dominion. Uh, it's a cool shot. It's like bright... Uh, Claire Deering, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, kind of submerging herself in a swamp, like a bog, which you don't really see swamps too much in Jurassic Park, maybe a little bit in Lost World. Yeah, but it's mainly I think Lost just, World is the only really one we've seen in any swamp. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's this creature behind her that she's clearly trying to hide in the bog from. So it looks really neat. Uh, and then 
the director, Colin Trevorrow, uh, he stated that Jeff Goldblum, Neil, Sam Neill, and Laura Dern's reprising their three roles from Jurassic Park. And he said that they are going to have equal screen time to Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard's characters. Good, which is So a lot of people are kind of, especially after Fallen Kingdom and Jeff Goldblum's like, blink and you'll miss it. He's in there. Uh, a lot of people were fearful that they were going to be like glorified cameos. So they're going to be throughout the movie, which is awesome to hear from me i love jurassic park no i do too i do too um i remember the magic you know of jurassic park just kind of you know coming to me uh you know going on the ride in universal studios islands of adventure and and that like that was an important thing for me i love the lore behind it yeah i i really truly do and uh you know it's they have a really cool opportunity here to you know exploit these old characters see what they've been up to i just like I just don't know what they're going to be doing. Um, I'm very curious as to what, like, how they're going to be introduced. Like, I, I don't. I wanna... think I think the fact that the dinosaurs are running amok on the mainland, they're probably looking for people who've had experience with dinosaurs on how to like wrangle them up. Um, so I think it solves that problem of well, we got to get these characters who were on an island that swear they would never go back back on an island. Right. Like you can't. Like the, they they tried that with Lost World with you know the MacGuffin that Goldblum's got to go rescue his girlfriend it's the best and movie. then uh, obviously uh, in the third one which was bleh, uh, Sam that was the first one I actually watched start to finish oh the third one I've seen oof. yeah that was rough well I yeah <laughs> I got that I remember getting that on VHS yep. for Easter in 2001 and it had a really cool shiny silver yep. with the um, Spinosaurus cassette. With the shadow of the and pterodactyl, I loved it, and yeah. then I watched that first, and then I went back and watched the other ones. But so. the uh, that that was one cool thing with the fourth season of Camp Cretaceous. They did bring the Spinosaurus from the third one back. Oh, they did. Yes. Okay. So that was kind of cool to see, and they brought back the Dilophosaurus, the old spitters. Ah, I love the spitters. Yeah, it's only been in the first movie. Hopefully, maybe they'll be in Dominion. Maybe you I hope gotta, so. If this is going to be the big, the big payoff, yeah. in wrestling terms, the big blow off, you got to have everything. Yeah, right? there, there can't be anything, you know, withheld in, in this one. It's got to be, it's got to be all out. I just don't know what the, pl- you know, we don't really have a plot point to it yet, right? I mean, we just know that dinosaurs are kind of on the on the mainland and trying to. I don't figure know why I'm questioning living. this right now, trying to. Figure out what the thing is. I, I I like the idea that we're we we don't know we don't know what's going to happen, right? Um, I like that idea. I don't want. I don't. I guess I don't want spoilers. When is it supposed to come out? By the way, uh, summer twenty twenty two. Okay, so we still got a little while. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of promotional material for it for sure. Fill in some questions. So, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, other than that, um, there was some. Images released for some of the new cast members for the season three of The Boys. Yes. Um, they uh, released a picture of Nick Welsher. Uh, he's playing a character called Blue Hawk. That It's not a character from the comic, but uh, they're describing it as a patriotic superhero, and he's going to be one of the heroes that's in the group called Payback. Um, in the comics, Payback is... The Seven is obviously like a spoof of the Justice League. Okay. Payback is a spoof of the Avengers, hence Payback. Avengers. I see. So... Um, I like it. The the Avengers call, you know, 
Payback. Um, they are, they released the names, uh, Lori Holden. She's playing the Crimson Countress. I wonder who that could that's be a, a spoof of. That's a cool. The Crimson Countress. Crimson Countress. <laughs> Scarlet Witch. She yeah. looks almost just like her. Uh, she played Andrea on The Walking Dead show. So, um, and then Jensen Eccles is playing Soldier Boy. That's basically just Captain America. Um, Soldier Boy? No, Soldier. Soldier. Not Soldier. Soldier. Oh, okay. Thanks for clarification. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery is playing Gunpowder. And uh, Miles Gaston Villanova is playing Supersonic. So, um, Quicksilver. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, um, looking forward to season three of The Boys. I, I enjoy The Boys. Um, it's a nice guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, my, just so filthy and violent. And My wife got into it grotesque. one time. I sat to watch with her and then... The one dude was getting coddled by this hot woman, and then she transformed to some dude. Yes. And I was like, oh, no. So the backstory on that is Homelander is just like this. He's basically Superman, but psychotic Superman. Like, right. Probably how Superman would really be. Um, Behind closed doors? Yeah. Um, a new comic is coming out too, where uh, Superman—I forget who he's fighting—he's fighting someone on this like red planet, and he's just gets—he gets his ass kicked, and the guy's like dragging him through the streets by his cape, is because they have a red sun. So obviously, Superman doesn't have his powers, and I think the whole point of this comic is they're—they're they're talking about is Superman Superman because he has the powers, or is it because he shows such restraint and, um love for people and thinking that he could save everyone and trying to do the best he possibly can with that unlimited power. Like if you had unlimited powers, you'd probably be a raging dick. I know I probably would. <laughs> yeah. Like that's Homelander. Um, but you. the woman that was fondling with him, she was his like mother figure slash lover from the first season. She dies and then, but he still misses her. So he has this guy basically who's like morph. And he like basically strong arms him like no listen when I come over you're gonna look like her so I can still be with her technically speaking so that's why he gets all pissed off when the guy changes mm, because I he's reminded that yeah she's no longer around I see so, yeah I was like okay this is uh this is- it's definitely got its moments that are yeah it's got to push the boundaries yeah it definitely does push so. the boundaries um, yeah it's one show that I never got I get asked about it a lot. Maybe I'll have to sit down, and we got a shutdown at work coming up, and maybe I can take some time to catch up on some old shows. Yeah, it's a fun fun watch. Is it? Good. Good, good, good. Super bloody, gory, violent. Just a different kind of superhero film or show. Right. That we're really not getting right now. Everything seems pretty much tamer. I gotcha. So. I gotcha. Not a good week to be a Star Wars fan. Have you seen... The uh, the advertisement that they released for that hotel in Disney. Uh, I seen something. The one that I didn't $6, read the article. Dollars oh. for two nights. Yeah, it's not I think even we talked ni- about it, dude. I think it's we not. About yeah, that. we we when they first released it, but they they released a promotional like video to show to get people hyped for it, right? And it it was so bad they pulled the advertisement down after a few hours. Really, it. It's got that. Have you ever watched the show, The Goldbergs? Yes. So it's my got that, that, that kid with the glasses. The mom is my mom, basically. <laughs> my the, dad, my dad called around on that one time, but yeah. <laughs> so the the kid with the glasses. Yes. He's he's in it, right? Okay. He's in this commercial, 
And they literally like they show they're like, oh, yeah, there's uh, there's activities to do for, for your two day stays. Like, what activities are there? Show me the activities. She's like, we got lightsaber training. And they literally just show like stock footage of two kids holding lightsabers. Like they're not doing anything. They're not showing you what the lightsaber training is. It's just showing you kids holding lightsabers. Okay, whatever. And then they show like, oh, this is like the captain's station where you can go into hyperspace. And they show the kid from the Goldberg. He's like, punch it, Chewie. Ah. <laughs> and he's like super fake excited. And it's like, okay, you just moved a lever. Okay. They show you like the the the, the, the hotel rooms, which literally look like barracks. With fucking space TVs around you to make it look like you're looking out into space. They're clearly just televisions. And then she's like the the woman who's like touring him around. She's like, now nah, we're going to go over here. I'm gonna... We have this new entertainer. Her name is Gaia. She's going to be awesome. She's going to be. And then like the kid like sneaks off and he goes through this like glowing white doorway. And then he like pretends like he went through a fucking portal. And he's in like a bar scene with all these like it looked like the bar like the the casino from Last Jedi. Like these people are like <laughs> dressed all nice and they don't look anything like Star Wars characters. Right. It's like a pristine bar. So he goes up to the bartender and he's like giving him a drink and he's like, I just came through that portal and what's going on? And the guy's like, Shh, shh. And then this like Twilik girl comes on stage and she's purple and she starts singing a song that's fucking garbage. <laughs> And it's like 30 seconds, not even. And then the kid, that's it. That's, that's it. what you get. That's the, that's the. You get to go see a girl sing and you get to hit a lever and you get to hold a lightsaber for six grand for two days. And it's not even a full two days. Your first day, you start at 1 p.m. Then you're there for a night. Then you're there a whole day. And then your checkout the next morning is like 9 a.m. Oh, my God. And it's like, it's six grand to LARP. It's basically Star Wars LARPing. (laughs) This is. You can find, like, there's some YouTubers that have, like, done live reactions to it. So you can still see it through that. It is. It is abysmally bad. It's like, plus, like, it. I brought up Fifth Element before. Like, it was like a bad Fifth Element. Like, the scene where the girl's singing. Like, that was cool in Fifth Element. Yeah. Because it was like this weird space song. No, this is just like. Some her name's Gaia apparently, and she's like the big selling point. You can watch someone sing, who's wearing little things off her head, little little uh, tails off her head. For six, that you better be able to eat for free. They were showing like the food, and like the food is just like okay, that's like normal food. It looks good, but it's not like Star Wars food. Wow, it's Tatooine pizzas. It's the same. Thing. Oh God, it like I this said, they sad. they took it this down. Is... They took it down. As they and should. it's supposed to open next month. Yeah, I, I don't know what the, what their target. It's supposed to open ne- at the start of twenty twenty two. I don't know what their target audience is with this because listen, casual. We're literally just coming off of we're we're, we're in the middle of a, like a recession essentially, right? Yeah, like, you know where people aren't doing too well financially. Um, <laughs> both of our presidents gave us like less than two thousand dollars to to help us out through COVID apiece. And who has money? I mean, I know everybody's kind of back to work and stuff now, but listen, people are still playing catch up. Yeah. This is so out of touch for Disney. Like, and they've been out of touch on a lot of things, trust me. But um, this is this is a new low yeah. for them. 
Yeah, I mean, I like mean, you told me your experience in Disney World about the bag checks. Uh, yeah, that you had to, you know, they had to go through your stuff and this and that, and but this is this and now is, the upcharge for basically fast passing. Like you charge it's fifteen dollars a day to fast pass per person per person. I mean, that's bullshit in itself, but also it doesn't it kind of negate like. The fast pass thing too, because if everybody, if, I mean, fifteen bucks a day, is it terrible? It's 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 a shame that they're doing it, but fifteen bucks a day is it like a terrible price? Why wouldn't you just buy everybody just buy up fast passes? Well, the, you can only do two rides per day. Oh, oh, I forgot about that yeah. point. Okay, well that complicates things and fuck Disney for it. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The, they're almost, they, yeah, they're. I feel like Walt Disney. And my mom used to say this all the time when we used to go there, and she see every you know just everybody just trying to selling and just shilling stuff that he would probably be a little embarrassed about what Disney World has become. I know he's a capitalistic guy, yeah, and he was. Well, I mean, the whole reason he started the park in the first place because he wanted a place that adults could go with their kids and have fun as well, and. If- at an affordable price, I think, right? Well, I mean, it's for families. I mean, he's bottom dollar guy. I get it. But they're like, it's so expensive. It's crazy. And like, is it really worth it? Like, I, I can't. They they claim that the Star Wars Hotel is like booked for the first four months that it's open. I don't believe that. But a lot of that is probably like influencers and stuff that want to get there right away so they can make videos Correct. and put them up on YouTube. And sell it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. It's um it looks bad. It looks really bad. It doesn't even look like Star Wars. And that was my complaint with Galaxy's Edge. When you walk through Galaxy's Edge, I don't feel like I'm in a Star Wars land. I just feel like I'm in some weird desert place. Right. Like, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Yeah, they're full. I mean, I, right? Because they're they're kind of targeting. The newer movies, right? Well, that's what they're 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 trying to target everybody. A lot of their scenery and stuff is from the newer. Trilogy, well, a lot right? of that is because they don't they're, they're they're trying to theme it after what the intellectual property that they have, right? Like I believe if they did like a Tatooine, they'd have to give Lucas a kickback uh, of some kind. I see. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But yeah, even still, this is just like it, it's shameful. It, it it really is. You're you're paying. I mean, it's an expensive trip. People come from all over the world, you know, to go and see this. And um, yeah, it's just an just an arm and a leg. Yeah, it's just a arm and a leg for for everything. Um, and then it's kind of same thing with Star Wars being out of touch. Like last week, I brought up that Haslab Rancor project that it wasn't doing well with the tiers they released. People were backing out. Uh, where it didn't even look like it was going to get funded at the 9,000 backers. And last minute, to try to appease and try to get some buzz back behind it, they they haphazardly said, oh, you're going to get the Rancor Keeper, something that we should have fucking put in there start of it, day one. And uh, so last night was the deadline. It did not achieve the backed status, so it is not going to be produced. It got close. It was like 500 off, but by midnight, it didn't get nine grand. 9,000 backers, um, and they 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 have – there was a, a campaign, I think it was Omicron from uh, Transformers, where they, like, extended the deadline because it was COVID close. variant? Yes, yes. It, it's it's uh, from, from – it's more than meets the eye. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a robot in disguise, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they. Is it a. Yeah, because it's Omicron. Is it Unicron? Unicron? Omicron? I know that's a variant, but I, I'm not. Like, the, the big planet transformer from the movie that Leonard Nimoy voiced. Oh, Cybertron? No, Cybertron's the planet. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I know what you're saying. I'm not a big transformer guy, but yeah, either way, either. Yeah. They, uh, they extended the deadline on that because it was close. They could have done that with the Rancor, but they're like, nah, fuck, didn't make it. Oh, well, it's done. Goodbye. So this is the only action figure. HasLab product that did not get backed. Yeah, there was one earlier that was just a Muppet of Cookie Monster, like a to scale Muppet of Cookie Monster that did not achieve backing, and that's before the Rancor. That was the only one that didn't get funded and made. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, they were asking three hundred fifty dollars, which is a big price point for a big monster, right? Like this, the. How big really, was the scale? It was. It's for the six inch action figure, so I think it was going to be like twenty inches tall. Okay, but that's just like yeah, it's fully articulated and everything. But like, it's just a monster. Like, it's just a big piece of you know. Whereas, like, they did the Razor Crest, they did Jabba Sail Barge, but that was for the smaller figures, the three and three quarter inch figures. Yeah, um, and those people could I think justify because there's more to a ship. Or a vehicle, like you open it up, and there's play features, and this, like, this is just a big giant monster that moves. Three fifty? That's like if it was two fifty, I think it would have backed. But three fifty is just like that's, that's like almost seems like price gouging at that point. And that's the bare bone. That was the bare bones. That was right? just the monster. That was just the monster. Yeah. That wasn't including all the. That eventual... wasn't including anything until right. last week when they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll give you the Rancor Keeper," and then all the other tiers that they added were ridiculous. Like it was a Gamorian Guard. They've already released that. It went to clearance at Target. They were going to give you a Salacious Crumb. They just released a three-pack at the Disney store. Uh, They were going to give you a cardboard backdrop. That should come with the goddamn toy to begin with. Yeah. What are you going to put in a bag? Like, a cardboard backdrop should come. Like, you go to the toy store and you see toys that are in boxes. They have a backdrop behind them. So it's not just a piece of cardboard. It's called dressing the pig, as they say, right? (laughs) That's, I mean, it's a classic courtesy thing. Yeah. But, like, uh, and you were going to get Bones. Bones was another tier. Like, Bones? Just, like, little toy Bones. And then the the final one was Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. Like, you've released that figure at least ten times. At the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Shame. So, um, like, the, the fans wanted the, the Rancor Keeper from the start. They wanted... Ula, the dancer from Jabba's house, that would have made sense because you're not going to make that to sell at retail. No, there's no way you're making be, that's that. That's going to be one of those ones Same left thing. on the shelves forever. Well, no, like they just won't make it. Right? Like, they, they, they. No, said, if they did, that would be the one that sits on the shelf. Like, no, they like they, they just won't make it right. because of the implications. Like, she's a pretty much a sex slave. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. So uh, that they've also since Disney took over, they said they're not going to make Leia as Jabba's prisoner at all. They're not going to make any more merchandise with her in the golden clad bikini. Right. So that was another one. Like, since you can't make that to sell at retail, put this in this because you're it's just going to collectors. Like, yeah. it's just, it's not going to be on store shelves. But um, they did not listen to the collectors or the, the customers. So they wow, Disney didn't... out of touch with Star Wars. What a surprise. It's a common reoccurring theme, it appears. Yeah. So. But... Uh, that's really uh, all I got for news. I tried to look to see when last Ronin's coming out for the Turtles. I don't know when this last issue is coming out. Nothing. I think it's just delayed again. 
night. Just delayed, delayed, delayed. What number? Five, I believe. February 2022. All right. Thank you for answering my my questions. Google, man. Man, that's a long time. It's a hell of a tool. The last one came out like (laughs) at least a month or two ago. Yeah. Don't rush perfection, though. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good. It's the final. It's the finale. So, Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife was great. Yeah. Feel free to talk about it. I have not had the chance to see it. I've been working. You sure? Yeah. No, it's okay. All right. Please don't. I I like... I mean, last week I said I liked it. Um, I... Feel I think I even said I I think I liked it for all the wrong reasons. Like as I was watching it, I knew I I just had the the berries from South Park in the back of my mind. I remember this. I'm like I knew that's why I liked it, but I didn't care. I still liked it. Uh, the new characters they introduced, I really liked. Like the kids, I yeah. liked them a lot more than I thought I would. Okay, especially like the young girl who's Egon's granddaughter. Yes, she stole the movie. Like she was such a fun character to get to know. And uh, so awesome. Uh, even like her little sidekick, whose name was Podcast. Like he just that's what he does. So his name's Podcast. That's pretty cool. He was actually really kind of cool to get to know as well. Like I, I liked his character. The worst one was actually Finn Wolfhard, the kid from Stranger Things. Okay, he was just like the doting older brother. Like he gets a job at a burger shack because he fancies the one girl who works there, and they have kind of like a budding relationship. Um, and he was like, yeah, he was the the most least interesting. He was just kind of there, wasn't really doing much. Um, the mother was kind of fun. She was a cool character. Um, and then Paul Rudd is like the, the, the kind of funny summer school teacher Okay, who, you know, he's, uh, he's into like seismic activity, like the, um, every, every day there's like an earthquake in this town and they can't figure out what is causing it. He's trying to figure out what's causing it. Come to find out the temple for Gozer is in that town. Oh, okay. And that's why Egon went there to keep an eye on this temple. You find out that there's the portal to Gozer. He's like keeping, basically keeping an eye on it to make sure Gozer doesn't come through this portal. That's pretty cool. And he has like proton packs set up around the portal so that when the seismic activity is literally the streams crossing. Okay. Like they go off every day at a certain time, they cross the streams to keep the portal closed, and that's what's causing these earthquakes. Um, so a lot of the stuff like made sense. That's really deep. Yeah. And cool as shit. Yeah. Like the only thing that didn't make sense was like Egon had a he he never met his daughter. So like he he passes away, leaves the the farmhouse to his daughter. They have to go there because they got no money. Yeah, right? SOL. That's that, that they have to live there. But he never like you couldn't just call your daughter. Be like, yeah, I got to stay here because of some ghost stuff. <laughs> um, but I, I'm your dad. Like you couldn't call her. Maybe you wanted. He didn't want her to know. Cause, oh, I mean, the, the perception of ghost thing. Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, like, and then the old, the like only a wacky, other thing, wacky old dude. Yeah. watch it, keeping out for ghosts. It's not a good stigma. Yeah, they go like the whole town calls him the the I think the um the dirt farmer. Yeah, they call him the dirt farmer because he's farming. It looks like he's farming, but what he was doing, he was actually putting a whole bunch of um ghost traps in the ground to try to catch Gozer if Gozer ever came out. Yeah. Um, but. A lot of cool little references. Like she finds the, his hidden lab, and there's like jars of mold and fungi. 
tons of like callbacks and little Easter egg references. But like as a whole, I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, the 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 three come back at the very end. Um, so it was so cool to see them back in uniform. Bill Murray like. He cracks some jokes. It's really not a comedy, to be honest with you. Like, it's not, it's not like, there's funny things, like little funny things that happen throughout, but it's not like a comedy. They, they kept it a serious tone? It's like the first half of the movie feels like an art house movie. Okay. Like, it doesn't feel like a big budget blockbuster. Like, um, and it's more serious in tone, but there are like quirky things, but it's not like slapstick comedy, which I guess the first one wasn't either. It was more situational comedy. But there's far less of it because you don't have like Bill Murray, obviously, make like moving the whole events of the of the movie. Yeah. Um. But he comes back with Winston and and Ray. Uh. There is like and and they come back because the little girl calls Ray, because uh, she finds his number after she's like blown up the town right, with the, the proton pack. The scene where yeah yeah. The, yeah. The, so the she, Ray's occult books and he kind of gives her the backstory. That scene was a little rough because it was just like obviously dialogue just to move the plot along right. and explain things, um, but it wasn't too terrible. Um, there's a lot of nice little moments. Like you could tell each character kind of new character kind of gravitated toward one of the old Ghostbusters. Like podcast has a nice little relationship with Ray. Okay, um, and then obviously um, the big thing is we do get a CGI. Egon Ghost. Oh, we do. Yes, that was the how that, you, that you, was what it was, was rumored. That was what was spoiled for me because I saw it in toy form on the shelves before I went to go see the movie. Okay, so how do they do this? So do they use like I know they can recreate faces at the beginning and stuff. of the movie. You see Egon. You don't see him like they they the way that they film it. His face is heavily shadowed, or there's always something in the way of his face. So it's oh. not like a full shot of Egon. Okay. But it's Egon. You see him like kind of failing and then goes or kills him. That's how he dies um, of a heart attack due to being, you know, afraid of Gozer. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, so at the, the big climax, they're trying to, all the Ghostbusters are there. The kids are there. They're trying to, to contain Gozer. And um, the little girl, she kind of forms a relationship with Egon throughout the movie without like like she's got a chessboard in her room and pieces are moving like she moves a piece and then a piece moves and then and it's implied that it, that's Egon's spirit in the house when she finds his hidden lab like things are moving to kind of show her what to do and where to go to to find what she needs to find to to because he, he's trying to have them pick up his work now that he can no longer keep Gozer contained. Right. Um, so she picks up the, the proton pack, goes to shoot the ghost, and all of a sudden you see a, a ghost hand reach over and, like, help her. And then it shoots up, and you see it's Egon with a beard, and he's a ghost. Doesn't talk at all, which I thought was was good. Doesn't speak. That's fair, yeah. Um, he just kind of, like, he, he nods. There's a, a beautiful scene where... The th- the three original Ghostbusters are are shooting, and they all one like one right after the other. They all look to their left, and then uh, I think it's either Ray or, uh, or Peter. As you go, I I figured you'd show up <laughs> to like the Egon Ghost, and That's he kind of so makes cool. a smirk. Um, so that was like in the interviews, Bill Murray was like saying, "Oh, everybody's saying that it was so emotional, and they cried." 
you know, that's great news for comedy, but that scene was just, that was too much, obviously. And then uh, it ends and it says for Harold. So the whole movie's dedicated to Harold Ramis. Um, Very well done. I know a lot of people were like, that's so wrong because he's not with us anymore. Like his family obviously had to sign off on that. No, of course. It wasn't just that they just And it, did it. I didn't feel like it was done in a distasteful manner. It was done with love. Like, obviously, they're making money off this movie, but you could tell this whole movie was just a passion project from just knowing that it's, the director is the son of the original director. Yeah. Like, it was done out of love and respect for, for, the, for the franchise. Yeah. And Harold Ramis always wanted to do another Ghostbusters. It's not like, it's not like he's did. like Bill Murray where he was like, no, nah, I'm never doing one. I don't want to do one. And I feel like that was the big rift between Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. They fell out of favor with one another on the set of Groundhog's Day, which was directed by Harold Ramis. Yeah. And they were kind of at odds for many, many years. And it it wasn't until... He got really sick. He got really sick. And Bill's like, yeah, I better go see him and make amends before he passes. And... He did. So... Yeah, I just rewatched Stripes this, this, this past weekend. And uh, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. It was like. It was bittersweet to see that scene without actual Harold there. Cause, right. You know, but it was the the next best thing we're going to get with the situation of no, him of no course. longer being with us. But it was so good. Now, to this, I mean, obviously, this this probably like way, did way, way, way better than. Well, do you follow this is a better movie than that? that the the garbage one they tried to throw at us a couple years ago. I see. I don't hate that movie. You don't. I if I if I I don't hold it. I don't compare it to the other ones. Okay. I just watch it for what it is, and I view it as a more action heavy bridesmaids. Like I like yeah. bridesmaids a lot, and it feels like it feels like it's just bridesmaids with ghosts. Okay. Um. So I don't hate that one. Um. But this one, it felt like a movie where. It, things made sense like that ghostbusters uh in 2016 it just felt like and they've even said like paul feig was like yeah i just let them do what they wanted it's ad lib the whole movie's ad lib like yeah you could tell like the jokes aren't they're just jokes for jokes like that make no sense or move the plot along like she's mad about fucking the wonton because there's no what just one wonton in her soup. Okay, I guess that's funny. Ha-ha. Oh, now she got too many wontons. Oh, that's silly. Like what? Yeah, I, yeah. No thanks. No. Um, that's good. I'm happy to hear that it went well. Or it was it was pretty good. Yeah, they left it open. Um, there was a mid credit scene where they used a deleted scene of Egon and Janine at the end of the first Ghostbusters, to tie into um, a possibility of more Ghostbusters movies after this with newer... It seems like they're going to go with the direction I really think they should have gone with if they were going to do a Ghostbusters 3, where it's they're, they're, they're franchising Ghostbusters. Right. So, like, every city's going to have... like Their own yeah, squad. Yeah. Um, and it's like Harold or uh, Winston Zeddemore... Um, it's talked about that he's he he's big into financing. He's a he financier and he's very very wealthy, well off. So he buys the the old firehouse, and it, the movie ends with a, sh- a shot of the bridge into New York City, Manhattan, with the Ecto One driving up the 
the bridge into the city mm. and the classic music playing. Of and, course. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, if this does well, which it seems to be, it's got audience approval, it's got uh, financially, it's doing well. Uh, hopefully, we get some more Ghostbusters movies. I would love to see like one with like the old, maybe like Winston just teaching a, a new group of Ghostbusters and, you know, like a Ghostbusters college, Ghostbusters training school. Right. I w- yeah, I would like to. I mean, listen, we're in a day and age where every like franchise is getting expanded upon, right? Yeah. Like every everything is. Uh, I mean, Christ, Jurassic Park. Who would have thought outside of the movies that we'd get, you know, Camp Cretaceous and, yeah. and all this other stuff? We get in all these, uh, and, and Ghostbusters still, I think, has that that pull to be able to, to to pull that off. Yeah, you know, while while we still can, while we still have everybody um, to be able to do it, so. Um, I, I like the idea of an expansion thing. You know, uh, who knows? You might see another cartoon. It wouldn't surprise me if you seen another cartoon. Yeah. But and I know they've released a couple of video games over the years as well. Um, Ghostbusters videos, video games, kind of honor those things. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm all in on the idea of that. I'm yeah. all in on the idea of it. I mean, this could have been maybe just fine, like closure on the on, for the original cast yeah, members. Yeah, I don't think I, I highly doubt you might get. You'll probably get Dan Aykroyd back. In some capacity, but I can't see Bill Murray doing much of anything with it. No, he was he was the holdout for years, right? So yeah, yeah, he he, he always came off as kind of a dick. <laughs> he just goes to the beat of his own drum, man. He does. Even like I, I, we did we covered Ghostbusters last October from one of my other shows, Retro Pop, and like I'm just watching the music video, and just Bill Murray just doesn't seem like he gives a fuck about anything. I don't think he gives a fuck about anything in life <laughs> at all. Like he just does what he wants. I kind of, I kind of have respect him for that. Like, oh, I mean, I do too. Yeah. But like, Garfield, tell two kitties, man. <laughs> he owns it though. Do you know why he took that role? Why is that? Because it was written by Ethan Cohen, who he thought it was Ethan Cohen from the Cohen Brothers. Oh, <laughs> it was not. Just some other guy who happens to have the same name. <laughs> so he took it. And then he realized he fucked up, but he already signed the contract, so he had to do it. Because my favorite line of Zombie Land is when they asked him, "Do you have any regrets?" He just goes, "Garfield." Yeah. <laughs> At the end of um, Zombie Land Two, they do like a scene where it shows like the uh, the emergence of the zombie outbreak. Yeah. And he's doing like a press uh, interview with Al Roker about like Garfield Three. Because he did a sequel. There was Garfield 2, Tale of Two Kitties. Too. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> so good. So good. At least he owned. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that's like Ryan Reynolds like just trashing Green Lantern every chance he gets. That's yeah. about the equivalent hey, of it. Hey, you're going to have some duds. You've been in Hollywood for this long. Right. You're going to have a dud or two in your, in your you know, catalog. No, no doubt about it. Um. Oh, that's fantastic news. But, all right. Very good. I think it's time to read some comic books. Comic book time. I got to wait for the porn ads to, to secede. You want me to go first? We're almost there. All right. You're a better closer. You're a better closer. That's, that's why we, we, put, we put you there. Uh, so I actually picked a DC comic book this week. <gasps> Surprise. Uh, you know what? If If I ever read first again. I'm totally just going to Shawn Michaels it, and when I'm done, I'm going to follow that shit! Ah! Follow that shit! Good luck! Ah! I would just close the episode. Yeah. Uh, you'd have to. 
I'd have to. I, I, I would. Yeah, I just I could not. Um, I picked the DC book. Uh, we, you know, we're in the month of December. I've been picking holiday specials. Uh, we did. I did the Batman Adventures um, holiday special. Is this like a cartoon? Yes. Um, it is. I almost read this. I'm glad I didn't. Oh, really? How serendipitous that would have been if we both read the same book. Very serendipitous. I, I don't know which year this came out. Um, Probably 95, 96. I'm guessing. I'm trying to zoom in and try and find a date, but uh, not showing up. Not showing up. Regardless, um, yeah, it, it. you know, these holiday specials are great, like I always say. I love comic books that are just filled with the brim with stuff and, and still the price of other comic books. I, I've read way too many comics in you know, in recent years that are like three, four dollars for a book and it's like there's like twelve pages. And I hate that shit. Yeah. Hate it. I That's hate why that. you gotta go to Ollie's discount bargain. No, warehouse. I know. But if you're trying to follow <laughs> Good stuff cheap. Uh but <laughs> but when you're you know, you're trying to follow a new story and stuff and you're dropping five bucks on a book every single week, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I've had to cut cut some uh from my subscription log there at old Haley's comics. Yeah. This is getting too much. It yeah. is. It's 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 crazy. Um so it starts off, uh there's a Santa Claus ringing a bell outside of appears to be a uh a church, and then there's a Santa that's sitting in a chair in a mall. Sort of jolly old Saint Nick and you got Barbara Gordon. She's walking by and sees this very suspicious Santa Claus guy. He's he's sitting there. He's eating a donut. He's scratching his nuts. And he's he's giving this weird, like, these nuts? These nuts. I think he's a police officer. I think he's a police officer undercover. But Oh, is it Bullock? I think Detective Bullock? so. He's a bigger fella. <laughs> yeah, Bullock's big, fat, fat, lazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely yeah. Detective Bullock. Yeah, that's him. So, um, so whatever. He's sitting there. They're trying to bust some crime, apparently. And uh, he's sitting there. She goes, "Hi!" Some little girl comes out of his lap. He goes, "Hi, my name is Mary McSweeney Santa. Can you bring my daddy home for Christmas?" Uh, dead. G kid. I don't know. Where's your pop? In prison. You mean your dad? Mad dog. Uh, Mike McSweeney. Uh huh. Poor kid. I sent her old man up the river three three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> like oh he's not he's not kayfabe and that he's Santa Claus at all. He's 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 oh I know. He whispers to one of his uh one of the elves. She's like, see kid, it's like this. I'd like to help you out, but uh, I mean is some sometimes Santa can't make every wish come true. Um ah here kid, go buy yourself something nice. He gives her like a hundred dollars. She goes, Thank you, Santa <laughs> She gives him a big hug. She goes, Can I buy something for my daddy too? He's like as long as it is, as long as it ain't a file, why not? Uh, and then he complains. He goes, "There goes my donut money." Uh, there's How many a, donuts does he need with a hundred smackers? I know uh, a, a lot. Apparently, uh, there's a bunch of little kids running around snatching jewelry and stuff. And uh, and somebody, some lady, some probably a Karen. Uh, she sees this kid taking stuff, and he goes to grab him by the hand, and the sound effect sploop happens. Sploop, sploop, sploop. Yeah. And uh, and Santa Claus is is he's passed out. He's he's passed out. This kid's wishing for stuff, and all of a sudden, all these little kids that are stealing stuff come together. And oh shit, it's Clayface. Oh, nice. I used to get really hungry watching him. I used to think he was peanut butter when I was a kid. He did have kind of that nutty. Yeah, he did have that nutty te- nougat the, texture. The texture, yeah. the the coloring. I was like, oh man, he looks delicious. Creamy Jeff. <laughs> No, that's Peter Pan, son. Peter, I haven't had Peter Pan in a long, long time. 
Long, long time. Long, long time. I, I, I don't know why my wife always gets chiff. She always gets crunchy. I want creamy. I, I can get away. I, I'm okay with both. I'm okay with both. Um, so Barbara Gordon, she sees this. She's there. She's like, oh, man, I got to find a dressing room. And uh, she runs into one, changes into her Batgirl costume. And uh, and Santa Claus pulls a gun on Clayface. And it's getting really intense. Clayface, like, spits peanut butter or clay on him. Um, and, yeah, this big old fight ensues. It's Batgirl. He, he does, like, this whole group thing where his hand turns into an axe. And stuff. It's 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 pretty cool. And and, and there's another porn ant. Um, I like when he uses the mace when he gets. A, he turns hand into yeah. a mace. Yeah, that's pretty neat. But yeah, so she arrives. She kicks him in the face. And yeah, this whole. Um, she yells, "Shoot Santa!" And the officer's like, "No, why would you? Why 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 would you do that?" But it was a Santa Claus display overhead. It was it was kind of a little funny moment. The Santa Claus display falls on Clayface, and uh, and that's the end of. Oh wait! Oh, this is funny. Um, okay, maybe it's not as funny as I thought. Anyways, uh, next the next mini story we got the Harley and the Ivy. All right, it's a little Ooh. little little diva femme fatale DC comic team up here. They played up their relationship that it was something a little bit more yeah. in that animated series. That's where it all started, I think. I think so too. Um, Poison Ivy's looking outside of a window, and Harley is sitting in a bed with a long sleeve T shirt. And a uh, just in her underwear and some stockings, so little little risque. Uh, they're talking about you know it's Christmas and you know we're trapped in this we're in this rat trap. No presents, no fun, nothing. And Poison Ivy goes, "Here, hold on, I got I got the perfect little plan that is going to be make this the best Christmas ever." Uh, Bruce Wayne is at some expensive swanky fat cat, yeah, rich dinner. person. Uh, thing and, and you know he's some girls you know inquiring about oh, a bunch of the, obese felines. They're kind of attractive this time. Oh. Um, some he's like, oh, who's the lucky girl going to spend? Uh, which lucky girl is going to spend the holidays with Gotham's most eligible bachelor? And Bruce Wayne goes, well, actually, I was planning on quiet Christmas alone, Veronica, and a bunch of girls start chasing him, and then uh, they back him into this wall, and then suddenly there's a there's a big old kiss planted on. Bruce Wayne from behind. She tur- she turns him around and and gives him a kiss, and it actually happens to be uh, Poison Ivy. Oh, yeah, is it like the one from Batman and Robin where yep. she can control him now? Yep. She actually lures him into this car, and there's Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, and Poison Ivy goes season's greetings, Brucey. And uh, basically, what they the, the, you can tell the driver of the the vehicle is all hypnotized and. Uh, they lead him into a department store where they're just running his credit cards to, to buy all sorts of expensive stuff. And Bruce is getting just irritated. He literally cannot do anything. Um, they accidentally force uh, Harley Quinn's about to kiss him, uh, give him a kiss to kind of rehypnotize him. And she knocks him down an elevator shaft. And he comes up as Batman. Um, they she he eventually tails the, the the vehicle that she you know they had had her trapped in. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that. Wait a minute, I pushed him down. Is this <laughs> and this came? Maybe he's <laughs> maybe he's Batman. Oh, they were in the car by that time. Oh, but, okay. Uh, they were in the car by that time. But he does tail them, and uh, he knocks a, tr- a giant Christmas tree on them, and it falls. It's kind of um, does he yell timber? I wish he did. 
Well, that's just they try to run away and they go bye bye Batsy and then he knocks the he knocks the uh, the tree over and uh, and Poison Ivy goes well here's your fucking Christmas tree you happy to Harley Quinn they they actually did like the the like the the dollar sign like all the little yeah all that stuff um, and the the next book is called White Christmas so this one. Mr. Freeze bails out. Uh, he, he breaks out of, I would imagine it's Arkham. I don't know. But it's December it's 24th. It's the only prison. It's, it's, it's got to be Arkham. It's only the, the only one. Um, he breaks out, and uh, Batman kind of retells Mr. Freeze's story, in a sense. And he, he catches him in a, uh, he catches him in a, in a cemetery. He's kind of following the trail. He's catching him in a cemetery. And they get into a fight, and, uh... Mr. Freeze happens to knock Bruce Wayne into the uh, into his parents' um, headstone, and then he looks over not too far away, and uh, he happens to see that it's not too far away from Mr. Freeze's uh, wife, Nora. So uh, it's this is a sad little scene, you know. Mr. Freeze is a very sympathetic character, and uh, Batman goes. He knocks him down. He goes, it's Christmas, so I'll give you one chance to end this quietly. Why'd you Why'd you do it, Freeze, tonight of all nights? And, yeah, he he actually pointed to the Nora Freeze headstone. He goes, we were married 10 years ago on a snowy Christmas Eve. Nora loved the snow. I thought it it's sad that there should be none this year, and I wouldn't want my Nora to be sad tonight. And it actually ends up with uh, Batman walking with his hand on Mr. Freeze's shoulders. Oh, kind of a touching little moment. Uh, and then the last one, there's a joke. There's a little Joker story. He's gonna. He said his New Year's resolution is not gonna kill anybody next year, but he only has a couple hours to kill as many people as he can before well, yeah. it's, his, it, it's his thing. So, um, of course, he's you know they're all ready. There's a big parade set for Gotham Square, and uh, of course, Joker's getting set to. Uh, he's getting set to blow it up. The tr- the tough part about all this is that there's a bunch of people walking around in Joker masks. I don't know if it was planned or not. So it makes things a little tricky for Batman, but eventually he sees that um he, he sees that J- the Joker is playing the piano. Well, he has he put a Joker mask on himself. It's like when Sting took the mask off and it was all yeah. Sting. Um so Batman and Joker get a mask a, on a mask. A mask on a mask. Uh yeah, Batman and Joker get into a little fight. And uh, he drops he drops a giant bell on the Joker, and, and of course the bomb doesn't go off, and and uh, the book ends with Batman and Jim Gordon sitting at a coffee shop and uh, and having a drink together. And that's uh, that's nice. that's it. That's the uh, Batman animated holiday special. I always so, like those ones. They're always fun. They're yeah. always fun. They're just a lot of like just non canon just little stories i i just i i adore i yeah. love how they do them so mm, yes mm. well let me tell you something about this story mm, yes see uh the christmas is brought by whom matthew hmm? yes smitty smitty yes mm. now perhaps uh what does he bring down in that chimney hmm what say you what this the sack of presents alcohol say no, no, this is the sack, you see. The no, sack. it's toys, you asshole. Now, in this panel, we see old Saint Nick by a lighted Christmas tree, digging, rummaging through his sack of treats and trinkets and toys. And what does he pull out? 
his tighty whities And he thinks to him, what the hell is this? Now, in the screen below, we see a gray-haired, glasses-wearing woman standing in front of the laundry-making machine. The laundry is getting done, you see. Outside, it says the clauses on the mailbox. We see the snow flying through the air. Mrs. Claus is digging through a sack of her own. She pulls out a nice wrapped present with a beautiful bow, and she thinks to herself, what the hell? Sack problems, you see. One sack was supposed to go to the North Pole. One was supposed to stay with Mr. St. Nick. The sacks were misconstrued. I've never reached down in my pants and saying, this sack is not the sack that should be hanging here. But if it was, it'd be quite bothersome, yes? Yes, I've, I've, uh, my sack has always been the sack that should be there, Baron. It's very good, very good. That's, that's clever. That story's stupid, say. Baron, why don't you get a real book and read? Meh. Your books are for reading, yes, but... I like the small little stories, you see. A little slice of life from the far side from Mr. Larson. When he does a longer story, I shall read it. He gets to the point. Very, very good at getting to the point of the joke, you see. None of this shenanigans wasting my time. My time is valuable, you see. I don't have all day to sit around on the porcelain toilet that feasting on your duties... Hmm? What say you? Lost for words, I, I see. I can't help it, see? No, I don't see. What am I supposed to be seeing? Stop asking questions now. Well, you see here, I ask the questions and I demand some answers that aren't going to be flagellated from your your hindquarters. If I gotta go, I gotta go, see? Now why don't you go to the bathroom now? <laughs> yes, see? Choke on that, man. <laughs> I... Oh. Ha! Oh, that's fair punches. I am actually choking on it. Oh. Ah, bid you do. Ah. Yeah, Stooley Steve wins again, man. Victory for Stooley Steve this week. Finally, finally get a dub. <laughs> I am reading um, from a Valiant comic, Faith's Winter Wonderland special. Um, Faith is a character that is. Uh, not your normal superhero. She uh she's a uh sturdy gal, a uh, big boned gal as many people would say, but she has the ability to flight of flight and other other powers. Um I I like this character because she's a nerd at heart. Like she goes to Comic-Con, she's had adventures at Comic-Con. She's got like the normal reporter job, but uh she has her alter ego where she tries to save the world. And uh, this one opens up with, uh, it looks like uh, Fantasyland. There's fairies, and there's, like, the walrus, and there's the Mad Hatter. It looks a lot like Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and these creatures are fleeing. It's the end. Something terrible is happening. And this bear who's wearing a crown, and he's got, like, the king robe. He says, this is it, Mr. Rabbit. The queen of oblivion has finally found us, and she's devouring our world. And the white rabbit, he goes, I can't believe it's come to this, King Bear. I wish we had a King Bear. And uh, King Bear says, our only chance 
is you have to travel through this portal and bring back our Alice. She's our savior. So the white rabbit, he jumps through the portal and he says, and, uh, but before you locate her, you'll need to find the exceptional one, the human who can locate Alice. And he goes, there's our last chance, rabbit. You got to go. I'm a bear and a crown. And I got a shillelagh that I can hit you with if you don't get the job done. Uh, so the rabbit goes through the portal and it says, years ago, we see kind of a similar scenario on TV. It looks like it's like a, a kid show, kind of like a Mr. Rogers type show, but it's Alice in Wonderland. And uh, Alice says, that's it for today, sweethearts. And we see a young Faith watching the program. It's her favorite program. It's around Christmas time. She's sitting by the campfire, roaring in the fireplace. There's uh, stockings hung on the uh, fireplace with care. The tree is lit. Um, And she's all jazzed watching her favorite program. And then we cut to present day, and we are at a secondhand toy store. And we see Faith kind of rummaging through... uh, Looking for, you know, secondhand toys. It's good stuff. You got to find those vintage toys somewhere. And she's looking at some postcards, and she finds one of her old favorite television show, Alice and the Nutty Rabbit, and Mr. Rabbit. And there's got the, the the walrus on there from the, what, the the carpenter and the walrus from, from uh, Alice in Wonderland. And she's going to buy this because it's a nice little flashback to her childhood. I can relate to that. Um... And we get some contrived dialogue. Just, ah, I remember that show, says the cashier. And then in such a weird way, the, the host went crazy. And, and I think she actually lives around here. That's going to be important later, listeners. So pay attention. <laughs> so Faith takes the, the card. She walks on out. She's walking through a nice winter wonderland. And what does she see? She sees the white rabbit. And he says, it's you, it's you, your Faith. You're the one I've been sent to find to help us find Alice. And she's what the heck? Are you a talking rabbit? So he goes through a portal. He goes, you got to follow me quick. And she goes, yeah, okay, sure. She jumps through the portal and she finds her way. She's following just like Alice did through like time clocks and weird toys and all this weird, crazy stuff. So she follows the rabbit. He's giving her the backstory that there's this evil being, this evil entity that is, uh, is, is ruining and taking over their land. And he needs her to help her find the original Alice. So they're kind of walking through this dark cavernous, um, cave to try to find where Alice is and to save their world. And we get a flashback many years ago, and it's the, the actress who was playing Alice on this show, and she's crying because she's realizing she can't follow this stupid dream anymore, and we got the evil television executive saying, you gotta, you gotta sell our wares, you gotta, you gotta sell the sugar and sell the toys, and you gotta make our investors happy, and you gotta sell commercial time. Your show's popular, but you we got to sell toys, merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. So she goes crazy, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. And then we cut back to our adventure with Faith and the White Rabbit, and they see these little pink girl, this little blue boy, and they got button eyes. They're kind of creepy looking, and she thinks that they're kind of cute, and then they're just like, no, they're, they're candy, and they're evil, and they consume, and they're trying to to get her to uh, turn evil so that way she'll sell their wares and she'll sell their ad time. So she fights them off with the white rabbit. We see another flashback of the girl who played Alice on the show, and she's having a mental breakdown where she's burning all the merchandise that they wanted to sell, and apparently that's when they canceled the show. So we cut back to Faith and the white rabbit. 
they find this tar monster who kind of looks like the space slugs from Dune that are traveling through the spice melange. Mm. Mm. The spice. The spice. The spice. The spices. Mm. Um, it looks kind of cool, though. <laughs> so this this evil tar monster will make you, uh, if you come in contact with it, it's going to turn you evil. And that's what happened to this entity uh, that's taking over their wonderland. It was corrupted by this evil goo monster. I love a good e- evil goo monster. UK, I have to love the evil goo monster. So Faith pulls out the the postcard that she bought at the toy store of, of the show, and she gives it to this evil entity that's been corrupted, and it slowly turns back into Alice from the television show. And she's like, hey, do you remember this? And she goes, I do remember. And all the evil bad feelings go away, and they've located Alice to save their world. The White Rabbit says thank you to Faith, and she goes through the portal back to her land. And we see her walking down the street, and remember, I said, it's going to be important that you know that Alice lives close by to them. So she goes to this house, she rings the doorbell, and it's the woman who played Alice, but many years later, she says, hello, Faith. Faith says, hello, Alice. I found this postcard, and the old woman gives the postcard back to Faith that she gave to her in the other dimension, so we got some time travel going on. Time travel's cool. So they hug. She invites her into the house for some hot cocoa and to watch some reruns of her favorite show with the star of her favorite show. And she walks in. They start watching the show. And it says, happy holidays to you all. That was the end of that book. Nice little holiday classic. Can't beat a good holiday classic. I, I tell you, I, what I wouldn't give... To sit down and have a nice little cup of cocoa with Fred Rogers, <laughs> I would, I would, I would enjoy that very much. Such a kind man. I just want a cup of hot cocoa. Well, yeah, but then you put the cool, soothing voice of Fred Rogers. If you walk in, he puts his little cardigan on, takes off his shoes, puts on his Converse All Stars that he always wore. What a gentleman! What a neighbor! I grew up on that show. It's such a good show. I didn't appreciate it when I was younger. Yeah. I didn't, and then I grow older, and I was like, damn. I've watched some episodes with my, my kids, uh, and it is, it's honestly heartwarming. Such a heartwarming in re- show. In retrospect, yeah. It's a beautiful show. No, Even I, like I, Old Sesame Street, when I watch with my kids, I'm like, this is just nice. Yeah. And I know that- Well, like, they fill up, I mean, look, look at kids' shows nowadays. I mean, oh, it's such yeah. an old man. Even like- they're, they're, Trash. Even like watching like newer episodes of Sesame Street, it doesn't have that same heart and soul like the old ones. Did. No, it doesn't. Yeah, not even remotely close. Yeah, ch- children's TV is cause they don't care, right? Mister Rogers and so, and people like you know the creators of Sesame Street, they wanted wholesome content back yeah. in the day, and nowadays everyone just wants to push. Well, like, that's kind of like this story. It's like you're you're making the one the one line in the in the thing that I forgot to mention was the one evil boy was like. I'm this television show that was just made to sell toys, and there were so many of those back in the day, and still there's not. a lot of them right now. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. There's no like moral value in kid children's television anymore. There's some good kid shows, but some, but they're all like, yeah. You know what? You know Caillou. what I? What I'm afraid of like when you go down a toy aisle now. It's Ninja Turtles. It's He Man. It's Power Rangers. It's GI Joe. It's like, what are these kids going to have that's old? Like, there's nothing new for them. It's all old stuff. 
right. that we like. That grew up. Yeah, they're yeah. just kind of hanging on to that, that franchise name. Yeah. Right. I, I agree. Um, every now and then something new pops up, but it's it's not as apparent as it used to be. Minecraft? I, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, really? It's actually a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But, um, but yeah, there, there's not a whole lot of originality these days when it comes to kids' television stuff. But... Um, but that is it, everybody. That is a wrap on this week's episode. We are just a couple weeks away from the uh, wonderful Christmas holiday. We hope uh, everything has kind of fallen into place for you. And, uh, you know, of course, just make every effort this month. And, you know what, every month beyond that to uh, spend time with, as much possible time with your loved ones. Um, you know, there's nothing like I have a lot of memories with cousins and, and departed family members, deceased family members and all that stuff over the years, but um, it always goes back to Christmas time. So make those memories and, uh, and uh, yeah, so you can have them forever to cherish. So thank you so much. And on behalf of Schmitty and I, we'll talk to you next time right here on the panel discussion. Now this is podcasting. <laughs>